You're now listening to the I Got Fired Last Week podcast, where we discuss the challenges and opportunities around being out of work. If you're feeling lost, overwhelmed, uninformed, or simply uninspired, there's something here for you. I'm your host, Sam Eremarin, and along with my guests, we're here to walk on this journey together. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. It's episode six. Um, Six episodes. Imagine. This is crazy. I can't believe we're still doing this, (laughs) but we are. Um, This is the I Got Fired podcast for those who are new here you're probably thinking i got fired last week yes i got fired last week basically speaks to the fact that i did indeed um the week before my episode one i got um made redundant i got fired now i know they are two separate things but i like to lump them together because both of them mean that i no longer have a job and um yeah i just i i found it really really interesting i spoke to a friend um who also has a podcast I mean, this is the perfect time for me to make some plugs. If you are listening to this podcast on a place where podcasts are streamed and listened to, please check out um, If The Curls Could Talk. That's my friend Fumi. I love her podcast. She's like one of my favorites. Also check out the ATM pod with my friend Sarah. Um, Yeah, check them out. Super, super cool. They've actually got me into podcasting because I've seen the things that they're doing. And I know there's this world where it's just like, everyone's doing it. Everyone's got a podcast now. Exactly. I love the fact that everybody's got something to say. And I love the fact that we can all share and speak and talk about completely different things. So yeah, here I am. This is my journey. And I appreciate you being on this journey with me. Please go and check out those podcasts. They're super cool. Um, In this episode, we are doing things a bit differently. Now, just kind of a caveat if you do have any questions or want me to do an episode on any topic in particular my email will be in the description so let me know and i'll address it in a future episode but coming into this one i have been asked a few questions and i wanted to speak to some of those questions because yeah like as you know i've been through this and i'm going through this and because i've been through this a few times people do listen to me they do ask me questions around it how do i feel about certain things can i advise them on particular topics etc and we have great conversations some of those guests i'll actually be bringing in but um i mean for now we can talk to some of the questions which have been sent in and yeah we'll see what comes out of it so question 1 that i was asked how do i handle the fear of potential rejection during the job application process I think that's a really good question, but I want to give you some perspective. The first thing I would say is this, people aren't rejected, applications are. You hear that? People are not rejected, applications are. If I apply for a job and I don't get that job, my application has been rejected. I'm not my application. And I think that what happens with many of us is when we apply for jobs, We personalize it. So I'm giving my all. I've given my time, my effort, all of that stuff into a CV. A CV is me, the totality of me and my working life, as well as, you know, my education life, some skills, some super cool things about me. So if I apply for something and say, I'm going to give all of this to your organization or to your mission or to your value set or the things that you find important and you say, uh, thanks, but no. How dare you? (laughs) You're rejecting me. How dare, like, what's wrong with me? Why don't you want me? That's not how it is. I need you to reframe it. Your personal identity must be different to your job application. They are two separate things. 
two separate things. So fear of rejection, be like, oh my gosh, they're going to reject me. They're going to reject me. They're going to reject me. They're not going to reject you. They're going to reject your application. And if they reject your application, it means that you could potentially apply again and next time be accepted. It just means that they don't feel like your current skill set works to fix that particular problem. If you remember, I said in one of my previous videos that all a job is, is someone has a problem and they need someone to fix it. So if a job is paying 25K, it's this is a 25K problem. I will pay you 25K to make this problem go away. That That's simply what it is. So um, don't be afraid to just remove the personal identity with it and say, no, that's not true. That being said, when you get those rejection emails, they really hurt. They don't feel good at all, especially considering that you're out of work. So it's like, oh man, now I'm back where I started. Process the emotions, go through it. Um, take on that rejection email and be like, man, I'm genuinely annoyed about this. I'm genuinely bothered about this, whatever it is. Try to understand it from their perspective. Um, that's not always possible, but if you can, then try to, and then move on. Like we mentioned in the last episode, the right person will see your value. So it's not necessarily about your ability to sell yourself to this person. It may just be that that person doesn't want what you currently have. Somebody else will want that. Okay, I hope that helps. Question two, how can I address gaps in my employment history during interviews after being made redundant or fired? Um, okay, so the first thing is I won't tell you to lie. <laughs> I will not tell you to lie on an application because lies usually get caught out. So what were you doing? Backpacking across South America. No, you weren't. Like I've got Facebook photos of you just in your house. Like you were doing like a children's birthday party in Devon. I mean, I know I know you weren't there, but so I'm not telling you to lie. But again, you can reframe. Reframing for me is like a superpower. Um, I love it. So Somebody asks you, oh, I mean, you know, you got made redundant or you got fired, etc. Why? Put very bluntly, wrong culture fit. Wrong culture fit or wrong job. Or um, I don't feel like this particular employer understood what I was trying to do there. Or even I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. And I feel like though I was applying everything to this job, I don't necessarily feel like it's the kind of work that I want to do. I wasn't inspired while I was there. Yes, you run the risk of someone being like, well, if you weren't inspired there, who's to say you're going to be inspired here? Then, I mean, have a follow-up answer for that question. Be like, well, actually, I've probably done more this time in terms of research and education about your organization than I did in my previous one. So stuff like that. You can reframe it by speaking about what are the things that you've done after redundancy? You know, what have you learned? So when they say like, yo, you've got this gap here. Yeah, I did a bunch of short courses. I got, I did um, a digital marketing course. I was on Udemy or Coursera or Skillshare. Um, I was on YouTube University learning how to code. I learned Python. I learned, um, I don't know. I'm about to say <laughs> what the kids do in these days. I'm 100% one of them. <laughs> but um all of those things, if you can prove to call it HR or to a hiring manager or to anybody that, listen, I wasn't idle during that time. I've been keeping busy learning some super, super interesting stuff, learning about the things which I feel uh, would add value to me as an individual and as a competent professional. So it really, really depends how you spin it. But if you spin it really, really well, they'll finish like, ah, oh, 
okay. That sounds pretty cool. I'm happy with that. Remember, reframe. That's how you address the gaps. Oh, you guys gave me the questions thick and fast. Um, is there a recommended time frame to start job searching after being made redundant? Uh, it's a balance. It's a balance. On one side, you're still healing and you're walking through the emotions and the psychological side of what it meant to to be made redundant. And on the other side, you really need to feed yourself because you can't just go to the store and steal groceries. So, 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 um, what I would say is that balance isn't a static thing. Balance is dynamic. It adjusts as you go along. I remember, um, Bishop T.D. Jakes said something. He goes, there are times when I'm an amazing father and I'm a terrible teacher. And there's times when I'm an amazing teacher and I'm a terrible businessman. And there are times when I'm an amazing businessman and I'm a terrible husband. And what he was basically trying to allude to is don't get caught off in the fallacy that is balance. You can't live in static balance. Like I have a balanced life. What will probably end up happening is that you'll end up overweighting one area, realize where you are and say, hmm. I've spent a lot of time doing that thing. I should probably try and do something else. And then you will adjust, 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 adjust. So let your balanced life be a dynamic life. Does that make sense? I hope it does. But what I'm basically saying is like, is there a recommended time frame? No, you have to balance the healing that's taking place with the still going out and getting stuff done and making sure that you're not falling behind. You have to be proactive in both areas. And another thing you can do in that area is just to set set yourself realistic timelines. So, okay, I'm not going to do anything on these days and I am going to do something on these days. I'm going to spend this, these days on self-development and on bettering myself and on recovery. I'm going to spend these other days on job applications and this thing and that thing, etc. So it's about the balance, but it's about walking out the balance in real time and making sure that you're doing both. All right. I hope that makes sense. All right. Question four. What resources are available for professional development and upskilling during my unemployment time? Okay. Now, this is why I get really excited. Um, Why there are loads of online courses, loads, depending on what you're interested in. I am personally a fan. My, My first one, I'm personally a fan of YouTube University. YouTube University has been really, really good to me. I remember... When people ask me like, okay, Sam, you're a musician, blah, blah, blah. How did you get into it? YouTube. YouTube. I started playing piano in 2008. YouTube had just launched and people were making videos. And I remember this wasn't the cute little videos that people have now where they've got the keyboard on the screen and they've got all the angles and four cameras. No, this was like someone had like a really bad video recorder and they were kind of shaking like, yo, man, I hit them with like that minor nine. And then I was just like, what in the world? I, like, I pretty much figured the majority of this stuff out by just listening to what they were doing, pausing it and trying to replicate it. At that time, I don't even think YouTube had like a, a times two or a times 0.5. You were just, you know, post up, post up, post up, post up. <laughs> trying to see if I can get it. They did a run. You are figuring out in real time. And I pretty much learned everything on YouTube, which is why till this day, I can't read music, 
but I can pretty much play anything that I hear. Um, yeah, which is super cool. So YouTube University is a major one. I've, I'm learning so much on YouTube even now. I'm learning how to code. Um, I, I've just done a refresher on SQL or SQL. Um, I'm looking at Python stuff. I'm learning digital marketing on there. So Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, LinkedIn ads, TikTok ads. I'm learning all of that directly from YouTube. So I know that, you know, it, it might not be what you want to hear, which is, yeah, there's this super cool website, which gives you all of these. Listen, there is a super cool website. It's called YouTube. And it's got videos of people who are breaking stuff down who are helping you. So that's the first place I'd go to. Um, secondly, I, I mentioned to you guys earlier, I think it was in a previous episode. I just realized I speak really fast. My gosh. <laughs> but I'm just really, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I'm currently doing the Google digital marketing certificate and that is 40 hours It's 26 modules. And it takes you not only through Google, of course, like it's Google focused, but it actually takes you through like everything, digital marketing, why you do it, why you search functionality, what digital marketing is, how to speak to an audience, how to optimize for an audience, keywords, all that good stuff. Um, that's completely free. And I know that Meta have their version of it as well for Facebook and Instagram ads. So um, it's something to consider. And you can get really, really specific. So for example, um, LinkedIn Learning. I know ooh, Open University. Open. They have a bunch of um, short courses. Read. So R-E-E-D, uh, read.co.uk. Um, and then, of course, you have like the super cheap ones like the Udemy's and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, like there's so much available. I personally think there's, I mean, too much would be a stretch. I don't want to say there's too much, but I would say that there's so much that you can end up getting lost in the kind of analysis paralysis world where, yeah, but Sam, I typed in free course and 1100 came up. Which one do I do? I mean, that's. That's where I love the whole YouTube university because even I can go to YouTube and type in what's the best course on this thing. And there's most likely someone who's done a review of 10 different courses and has come in and said that the best one for me to do is that one. So I love that. Um, if you are interested in the SQL courses and the Python courses, etc., please just type in free tech courses on Google. There's Python, there's JavaScript, there's SQL, there's... Um, I mean, some of these things may mean nothing to you, but <laughs> they they mean a lot to other people and they mean they mean enough for people to want to pay you for having these skills. So they may not necessarily mean a lot to you today, but learn them <laughs> because you may find out that they end up opening other doors later on for you. Um, so yeah, that's something. All right, question five. Jeez, you guys are some questions. What are some alternative options to traditional employment? Okay. Sorry, I had to read it. What are some alternative options to traditional employment? So, um, there are so many places for you to offer your services. So many places. The first that I would say is think of a website like Fiverr or Upwork. Now, those are websites where if there is a thing that you can do, you can tell the website you can do it and they will push you to people who are looking for that. So for example, um, what did I type in yesterday? I typed in, I'm looking for someone who can convert 
a podcast into short editable social media clips. And there you go. I've had, you know, here are some people who offer that and it's like, you can do that, which I think is super cool. I think the only thing about that is it's hard to stand out because you get like a small little square box and you can do some stuff. I think you have to be, you have to explain what you can do in like 10 words or less or 13 words or less or something like that. So it's extremely hard to stand out and there are thousands, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of people who are on there looking to do a similar thing. Um, You have Bark. Now, I really, really like Bark. First thing first, Bark is not free. It does require a degree of investment. But the way Bark works is on the front end, you type in, I'm looking for a plumber. On the back end, um, you are able to go in as a plumber who has a website. You're able to go in there and buy a number of credits. And those credits, basically, you use those credits to buy responses, if that makes sense. So John has said that he's looking for a plumber. It's going to cost you seven credits to reach out to John. I like this because first of all, it levels the playing field. But secondly, it means that you're speaking to people who you know are genuinely interested in the stuff that you do. So um, some of these credits can be expensive. You know, I, I think it's like, was it a hundred pounds for a hundred credits or something like that? So I'd say you have to be careful because the the higher paying jobs require more credits. So if you find out that one one job is 35 credits, you know, that, that's taking 35% of your budget on one person. And that's one person who may still decide to go for someone else. So I like Bark. Um, that's the place where you can offer your services. Amazon Flex. Amazon Flex. I've told you guys that I signed up to Amazon Flex. Um, understand this. Amazon Flex is not easy, but it's simple. Why do I say that? It's not easy because, listen, it's not easy going place to place, pulling up on the side of the road, dropping off parcels. Some people are in, some people aren't. They live in flats. They live here. They live there. You need to go back to the depot, pick up packages, scan your face. Listen, it's it's not an easy job. It is a honest day's work, especially considering some of the heat waves that we've had or it's pouring in rain or there's snow you're still ordering things on Amazon and people still need to deliver them. So Amazon Flex isn't the easiest of work, but it's a sim- like it's a simple enough system for people to understand, you know? Um, and if it's something that you're looking for, simplicity and flexibility, I would recommend that's something that you can do. Amazon Flex, if you are listening, let's talk sponsorship. De- I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm always here for a sponsorship deal. Um, that being said, Listen, guys, get creative. You know, are you a DJ? If you are, you can partner with a bar that doesn't have a music night and say, I'll host a music night and say, hey, do you mind if I host a music night here? I'll come in here for free, but all extra drinks over this particular thing I get a cut from. Or you can say, can we do it this way? I'll push out this particular type of wine and everyone who gets a a bottle of wine, I get a certain percentage of it. You can be super, super creative. If you're an artist, why don't you sell your art on Etsy or on Facebook Marketplace or anywhere else where you feel like there's a there's a group of people here who would appreciate the things that I create? Do you have a deep voice? I don't. But do you have a deep voice? If you do, you could apply for like a voice acting role. You can sign up for Audible. You can sign up for, if I remember correctly, it's ACX. And um, ACX do voice acting. You go there, you have a profile, you upload um, 
I guess clips. I was about to say videos, but it's not videos. I, I think I did a video because I wanted to stand out, but um, you upload clips of you speaking and then people can go in there if they want you to narrate their audio book and you can agree on a particular price, etc., and do things that way. Listen, the freelance economy, the gig economy is thriving. It's thriving. So, so many alternative ways to traditional employment. Um, or put very bluntly, you could also start a business. Um, I'm not going to go deep into that because that is its own episode. If you're talking about starting a business, you want to talk about, is it limited versus sole trader? And, you know, what's the best way to do it? Advertising, marketing, budgeting, financial plans, operations, all that good stuff. But it is an alternative if it's something that you're considering. So, um, yeah, I hope that answers that question. Uh, I think it does. I hope it does. Um, and that's question five. Now, a lot of questions have come in and I'm looking at the time and I'm also looking at um, the questions. <laughs> and the majority of them are way more comprehensive. So what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to do a part two. Not probably. I'm going to do a part two <laughs> and we'll go into depth with some more questions. Please keep on sending in any questions that you do have because I love Q&As. Um, I love having to kind of think on the fly <laughs> and be like, how do I articulate this in a way that I feel like people will be able to understand it? I want it to be valuable for you, but I also want it to not be too long because yeah, I don't really like listening to super podcasts myself. I, an hour is kind of like my max after that. I'm like, you've lost me. So I'm going to respect time. I'm going to respect your time. Um, I appreciate you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for following me on this journey. Thank you for your consistency. Please don't forget to send this to a friend if you think that they'll find it useful. Um, let them know that there is a community of people here who are in the same place, in a similar place, who are genuinely interested in this stuff. Um, if you like this, then please like, share, subscribe. I'm going to be doing this every week. I'll be showing up whether you do or not. I'll be showing up and I hope that you can meet me here. All right. I'm Sam Aramaran. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hope you have an amazing day. And yeah, look out for episode number, whatever the next one is. Bye now.